Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about a war of ideas, a war of ideas. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And when I talk about a war of ideas, I'm referring to the various worldviews that exist around us. As Christians, we ought to have a Christian worldview versus a secular or theological worldview, which is an earthly, a non-Christian worldview. So there are two types of uh, general worldviews. Either you have a Christian worldview, which is rooted in Scripture, which is guided by the Holy Spirit, as it's reflective of the biblical passages, or you have a natural worldview. And then there may be some who are trying to uh, combine both worldviews, but that's still unbiblical. The Christian worldview must be rooted in Scripture, must be guided by the Holy Spirit, must be inspired by God himself. And so when we look around us, if we're going to be totally honest, uh, there's a lot of different views concerning God, concerning salvation, concerning romantic relationships, concerning true friendship, concerning parenting, concerning religiosity, concerning worship, just a broad scope of different ideologies. And in many cases, people are labeling themselves as Christians, even though what they embrace what they articulate, 
what they expound on may be diametrically opposed to the Bible. And so I want to uh, share this episode from a place of love, of, 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 of truth. Um, hoping this episode will help some of us to reassess our thinking, to readjust our lenses. And what a worldview does is it, it helps us to see the world from God's perspective, not from our fleshly perspective, not from our intellectual perspective, not from our emotional perspective, but from God's perspective. So I pray this episode helps you. A war of ideas. Competing arguments. As it relates to every issue of life. Birth. Death. Relationships. Consumption. Everything under, under the sun. What is your view? on every issue that we have to deal with. Because ultimately, ultimately, it's not about winning arguments. That's not what this is about. It's not about winning arguments. God is interested in a loving relationship with every soul. So ultimately, everything that we ought to be about, everything that inspires us has to be in alignment with what Jesus was all about. Jesus loved all people ontologically. But he didn't accept every worship. He didn't accept every ideology. Jesus uh, came to bring the sword. And sometimes the sword even separated parents from children, depending on what they believe. So as Christians, we are indebted to the word of God for pointing us in the right direction. As Christians, we're obligated to stand up for the things that Jesus would stand up for and to denounce the things that Jesus would denounce. But we're doing it from a loving perspective, not out of hate, not uh, out of uh, rationalization. Our goal is not to win arguments, but our goal is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, others uh, may have a chance to also have their own personal relationship with him. That's our goal. Then our goal also is to uh, be in good standings in terms of our relationship with God. We can't say we love God and then disobey what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to share the good news. He's asking us to make disciples. Those are the two major tenets of our faith is to go out and share the gospel and then to make disciples. So our lives should be uh, constructed around those two pillars. Evangelism is not just for the pastors. It's not just for the elders. It's not just for the deacons. Evangelism is for everyone, every Christian. Everybody say, everybody that claims to have been saved by Jesus Christ. Those two pillars are uh, binding upon our hearts for all believers, for all Christians. We can't say, I am um, I'm an introvert, so 
I'm not going to share the gospel. We can't say I'm reserved, so I'm not going to share the gospel. You can even say I'm scared, which is legitimate, but it doesn't take us off the hook. All of us have been called to share the gospel in our own way. So our lifestyle has to be altered around the two pillars of evangelism and discipleship. And the reason why this is important, because in Galatians, the first chapter, we learn that there are those who engage in scripture twisting. They engage in scripture twisting. They hurt people. They mislead people. They use Christian verbiage and biblical vocabulary to lead people astray. And the only way lost people are going to be point, pointed back to the light, if the light allow the Holy Spirit of God to illuminate through them, which is you and I. God wants to use us as vessels and illuminate the light that he has through us. We're not the creator of lights. We're the bearer of lights. So when we talk about war of ideas, wherever we go in our society, there are people who hate God and people who are willing to uh, offer a counterfeit uh, interpretation of who God is and what salvation is all about. And God has called us to stand in the gap. So the Christian worldview, the Christian ideology offends a lot of people. But we have to make sure that we are ready, that we are equipped to stand up boldly uh, for God, for truth, that others may have a chance to develop a true and authentic relationship with Christ himself. It is no fun seeing people being led astray by people who claim to be ministers of the gospel. It is no fun watching people being led astray by people who boldly proclaim that God doesn't exist. So we have to fight on all fronts. But first, we have to make sure that we're equipped. Our ideas, our biblical ideas, are in opposition to secular ideas. And we have to work feverishly. We have to work fervently. We have to work until uh, God calls us home for the truth. So let's get started. God created four laws of logic. And if you're interested in learning more about the four laws of logic, uh, you can email us at info at srministries.org, info at srministries.org, and we'll get that information to you. And I'll, also, you can go into our archives on our podcast, and there should be some information dealing with the four laws of logic. Now, some of you all are familiar with logic based on classes you've taken in school, and that's a good thing. But in school, we see logic or we are introduced to logic from a Greek perspective. Uh, we talk about Socrates. We talk about Aristotle and how uh, Aristotle um, introduced many people to Arist Aristotelian logic. That's what they call it. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. But logic wasn't created by Aristotle. It was discovered by Aristotle. God created logic for us. It came from the nature of God. Logic are rules that govern proper behavior. That's what logic is. They are rules that govern proper behavior. So God gave us four laws of logic and is binded upon all men and women, boy and girl, all around the world. If you are human, God has given us these four laws of logic and these laws of logic can be categorized under general revelation, which is different than uh, special revelation. Special revelation is afforded to believers only. General revelation um, can be acquired uh, whether or not you're a Christian or not a Christian. It's almost like math. You don't have to be a Christian to know math or to be able to do physics. You don't need to have special revelation for that. God has given humanity information under general revelation that we all can acquire if we apply ourselves. So Aristotle was able to uh, deduce what God had already put here. But here are the four laws of logic. The law of identity. The law of identity. When we read in the scriptures where God says something like, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Or if we uh, see the phrase, He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is the law of identity. When God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what uh, Moses is saying or the writer is saying is that this is the God who guided Abraham. This is the God who guided Isaac. This is the God who was with Jacob, and this same God will be with us. So this is not the God of the Canaanites. This is not the God of the Amorites. This is not the God of the Sumerians or, or, or Samaritans. This is Jehovah God. That's his identity. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is important because if you worship Baal, it's not the same as worshiping Jehovah. He's identified himself. God has identified himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's not the same. We can't get his identity mixed up with other gods. In the same way, when God tells you to do something, God is not uh, confused. God knows you from someone else. It's the law of identity. If, uh, if, I, if you own something, you say, this is my car. This is my wife. This is my husband. Or if it belongs to you, that's what we say. It's the law of identity. So uh, this car even though it may be the same model, it may be the same uh, company that produced the same color, maybe identical, but the license plates dictates to us who 
the car belongs to. The registration uh, dictates to us who the uh, car belongs to. So we don't say my car, even though it may look alike, is the same as your car. That's the law of identity. So God placed that in, in our lives. God placed that in human realm to help us to make sense of the world around us. I hope that makes sense. So the law of identity is number one. We're talking about the four laws of logic. Then the law of excluded middle, the law of excluded middle. And, and basically what that means is either this or that, there's no in between. Either this or that, there's no in between. It's the law of excluded middle, E-X-C-L-U-D-E-D, excluded middle. And so when we say Jesus is the only way and other people say Jesus is one of the many ways to heaven, those are diametrically opposed. There is no in between unless you try to create a doctrine that appeases both sides like the doctrine of purgatory. And that doesn't exist. So the doctrine of excluded middle says either this or that, either God or no God. It has to be one. There's no, uh, no in between. Either Jesus is the only way or he's not the only way. There's no in between. Then number three, the third uh, law of logic is the law of logical inference. The law of logical inference. Sometimes you have individuals that say, well, I don't see it explicitly verbalized or written in the Bible, so it's okay for me to do this or that. So what they want to see is uh, something like uh, John shall not kill Bill. Or John uh, shall not uh, steal a house from Bill. They don't see it in, in the scriptures, according to them. If it's not uh, blatantly, explicitly stated in the scriptures, then, they, then to them, it gives them a license to do what they want to do. But the problem is, the Bible has principles on everything we deal with in life. There is a scripture for that. Uh, uh, some years ago when people started using apps on their phones or on their tablets, uh, the commercial was there was an app for that. Well, even before that, we already knew as Christians that there were principles for that. There are scriptures that deals with everything in life. When we talk about how old the earth is, a lot of times we use logical inference based on scripture to determine what we believe the age of the earth is. So uh, just because it's not um, explicitly verbalized doesn't mean that the principle is not there. The Bible is full of principles. Uh, just like uh, dealing with bioethics, dealing with fertilities. Uh, where in the Bible does the Bible uh, 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 say that it's okay to go through uh, fertility treatment. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not biblical. I believe it is, but I'm just using it as an example. So if you use the law of logical inference and go through the scriptures, you can see there's an argument for or against 
some of the modern discussions that we're engaged in. So that's what the law of logical inference talks about. It's not blatantly or explicitly stated. However, uh, it's inferred. Then the last law is what I want to deal with um, along with law number one. Law number one was the law of identity. Then we went to law number two, the law of excluded middle. Then number three, the law of logical inference. Then this final fourth law is the law of non-contradiction. And the law of non-contradiction basically says two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. Two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So when God says he's the only authentic God and someone says, no, there are multiple gods. Those are contradictory. They both cannot be true. They both cannot be true. And uh, uh, we can't listen to the relativist. The relativist says truth is relative, so they both can't be true. No, they both cannot be true. Uh, Two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So that's the law of non-contradiction. So if we look at the law of identity, where God has introduced himself in the scripture saying he's the God of the universe. He's the one that created everything, that he's a jealous God, meaning that we should not give our worship to false gods. Then if we believe in God, we have to believe in what he says. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the true and authentic God. He's the God that sent Jesus as a receipt to authenticate who who he is. If we believe in the law of identity, if we believe in the law of non-contradiction, then we're properly equipped to stand up for biblical truth and to engage in the war of ideas that we face. When we say the war of ideas, we're talking about using your intellect as a Christian to allow the Holy Spirit to use you to fight for righteousness, to stand up for truth, to stand up for the Bible. Uh, Perhaps you're an educator. Uh, God is calling on you to compose uh, books that reflect his nature, not some of these textbooks that are being uh, skewed and, and, and created to indoctrinate our children and trying to introduce them to sexuality in the first, second, and third grade. Uh, we have to stand up for truth. So if you have that gift to write, you have that gift to teach, then why not allow God to use you in that realm. Or you may be a doctor. And right now, there are a lot of doctors who have forgotten their Hippocratic oath. Uh, They they don't even think about it. You must reflect the light of God. You must show these other doctors that life really do matter, and we shouldn't help anyone to die. We shouldn't help anyone uh, to uh, end their life because they're in pain. That's not a Christian worldview. Uh, the, the, The most loving thing is to uh, preserve life. The most loving thing is to help people with their pain, but it's not a loving thing to help people end their life. Life is precious. Life means something. Suffering is not always a bad thing, and that's the message we have to articulate if you are a doctor. And right now, uh, many doctors are drinking the poison of the devil, and and they they've bought into this ideology that the most loving thing is to take pain away if you love somebody. No, 
the most loving thing is to preserve life and then help people with their pain. But we can't allow the patients who are incoherent to dictate to us what should happen because life trumps everything. Life supersedes everything. I may say something in my moment of, moment of weakness, in my moment of affliction that I really uh, shouldn't be saying because I'm not in my right mind. I'm not in my healthy mind. And even if I am in my, my right mind, um, it goes against what God endorses. We should not help people take their lives. We should not help people take their lives. So uh, the law of non-contradiction, the law of identity reminds us that there is one authentic God, the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's calling on you and I to engage in this war of ideas. There are plenty of books being copywritten, and they're full of uh, bad messages. It sounds good to the flesh, but it's contrary to the will of God. And you and I must start writing more books. You and I must stand up and exercise our talents and engage in this war. And maybe through our sacrifices, others may come to Christ. Through our sacrifices, others may ask, how can I know this Jesus that you're talking about? So God has gifted all of us. God has given us what we need to uh, stand up boldly during this fight. Whatever your gift is, use it for Jesus Christ uh, and, and give him the glory and watch what he can do through you. Well, our time has come to a close. But we'll continue this series on the war of ideas. Uh, there's a lot we want to get into. We want to get into the cults. We want to get into polytheism. We want to get into the occult. We want to deal with scientism. There's a lot that we want to unpack so you'll be properly equipped to engage in the people around you and the ideas that we face. Again, we thank you all for your prayers we continually ask for your prayers and your support financially. Uh, if you want to give, go to our website, srministries.org, or P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. And remember, to always do for the truth what so many people are willing to do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer. Bible study, parenting, and a lot more. Please connect. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. 
where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.